This is Horticulture Hangover with Colleen Dieter and Leah Turner. Call or text your lawn and garden questions to 512-836-0590. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Leah. Hi. How are you doing? I'm okay. Okay. Uh, Yeah, this is the Horticulture Hangover. I'm Colleen Dieter, and I'm a landscape consultant in Austin at atxgardens.com. Yeah, and I'm Leah Cherner, a landscape designer with Delta Dawn Gardens, deltadawngardens.com. And listeners, you can call us with your gardening questions. The number is 512-836-0590 or toll-free 877 877- Five nine zero five five two five, and you can also text us. Yes. Yeah. And it looks like we just got a text, but I, that was actually me. Oh, okay. Testing it. Oh, good. <laughs> Great. I'm Thanks, texting Leah. our own show. <laughs> just making sure. This makes me. Yeah, that's reassuring. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Make sure those texts are working <laughs> this really morning. <laughs> Um, so what's been going on with you this week, Colleen? Um, I had something cool happen in my front yard. I had, uh, I noticed a whole bunch of caterpillars eating together. They were eating some sunflowers uh-huh. and I figured out what kind of caterpillar they are. They are bordered patch caterpillars oh. and, um, they were getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and then I saw a couple of them climb up the wall by my front door. This happened like throughout the day, like oh in the gosh. morning I saw them eating, and then like in the afternoon I went outside to do something, to go somewhere, and I noticed caterpillars crawling up the front door, and then they got up to the top of the door frame and they made uh, chrysalises. Oh my gosh. There's two chrysalises by the front door. So I started reading more about bordered patch caterpillars. And since then, I've seen more bordered patch butterflies in the front yard, too, which is cool. They're really beautiful, small butterflies. They're really pretty. And so I put a little note in my calendar 10 days later to, like, start monitoring for them to hatch out into butterflies. Because it takes, according to the Internet, takes 10 to 14 days for them to hatch and become butterflies. That's so cool that you saw them crawling up the wall because mm. it's that's the thing I always I always never know where to look for the chrysalis, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I've seen all these caterpillars, where'd they go? Mm-hmm. You know? I know. It's like they told you we're going over here. I know. I know. I felt like it was a really special thing so to cool. see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was cool. It was really neat. And they were just on those Wild wild sunflowers? Yeah. Uh-huh. Cool. Yeah, the common sunflowers that just pop up on their own in the yard and are a little, they're a little much. Yeah. Those common sunflowers are a little extra. They're big. But they're wonderful. Yeah, and I can't believe how many. There's like, uh, I probably have 10 of them in the front yard and like half of them are eaten. Wow. Yeah. So they're big, you know, getting fit. You know, all the caterpillars are getting fed really well. So I bet, it's yeah, I cool. bet there's, I bet people listening to the show have 
sunflowers in their yards and their gardens. Yeah. You could go out and look for those bordered patch caterpillars. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it looks like we have a call from James and Wahlberg. I love Wahlberg. All right. Hi, James. You're on the air. Oops. I'm. Are you there, James? Some sweet potato slips. I've been on the internet and I'm getting mixed messages. I have potato slips still attached to the potato and they're about six inches long. What should I do? Okay. Great question about sweet potato slips. So, and they're still attached to the potato. Um, Usually what folks do is they'll cut the sweet potato into pieces so that there's about a like one inch by one inch by one inch chunk of potato still attached to the slip. Um, but you have to let them uh, sit for a day, I think, uh, so that they don't rot. Um, so you can cut it into chunks and get uh, more potatoes, more sweet potatoes that way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I said I didn't even read about that on the internet with all the other suggestions. Okay. But yeah. I appreciate that. Yes. You're welcome, James. Good luck with your sweet potatoes. Thank you. Um, Leah, have you ever grown sweet potatoes? I have not. Okay. It's been a long t- time since I have, but they're really fun and easy to grow. And, uh, they t- you need a lot of space for them. They take okay. up a lot of space because they, like, cover the ground a lot. Um, but they were worth it. They were delicious and fun. I had a good time growing them. Cool. And, uh, yeah, you can grow your own slips. And um, I've grown the sweet potato vine, the, you know, that ornamental vine. Mm-hmm. That, and that, that stuff is really, really vigorous. So I yeah. can imagine that the the edible sweet potato vine is also yes pretty vigorous right yeah they are yeah (laughs) that's good yeah they're a lot of fun you can eat the leaves too huh really yeah i thought you couldn't eat potato leaves but it's because they're not potatoes yeah because they're in the morning glory family they're not in the same family as regular potatoes they're in the nightshade family oh that's crazy Mm Hmm. yeah so morning glory family not as poisonous. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, you can eat the leaves, too. But I've heard of you eat the leaves that uh, it can it'll make the potatoes like smaller. Mm. You know, if you're the sweet potatoes will come out smaller mm. uh, later. But they're supposed to be really good for you. I've never eaten the leaves before, but I'd like to try it sometime. Cool. But, you know, I'm on a hiatus from my vegetable garden right now. Because I was focusing on other things. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Well, it's probably a good time to be on hiatus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I was. I've been thinking a lot about just putting physical barriers between the sun and the soil, and just like mm-hmm. of any way we, any way you can. It's just like you know, shade cloth, mm-hmm. mulch. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like every. Throwing out all the stops to, because it is just so brutally hot, mm-hmm. dry. Mm-hmm. I know. 
I was really hoping that we would get more rain than we have. Like it hasn't really been mm-hmm. like it was better than last year, but we didn't really get the drought busting rain right. that yeah. I'd hoped for. And I felt like the you know forecasts were kind of mixed. I think you told me that you attended like a didn't you attend a seminar yeah, or something was, about weather? I think it was one of the Native Plant Societies groups maybe um and they had a, a meteor meteorologist talking about the probable transition from la nina to el nino mm-hmm. and that would mean for us increased rainfall and increased tropical storms and stuff like that but um it seems like it is yet to really switch over mm-hmm. i guess but we'll see what happens in the fall i know we'll see what happens in the fall Oh, we got a text. Oh, yeah. So someone said, sweet potatoes make a great summer cover crop, and the vines really help the soil from frying. Oh, what a great idea. Yeah. Speaking of barriers between Mm -hmm. the sun, sweet potatoes. Yeah, I love that idea of using sweet potatoes as a ground cover kind of thing around your other plants, other summer plants. Like I could see, I've never done this myself, but I bet... If you're growing okra, you could grow the sweet potatoes around the okra since the okra oh, is yeah. big and tall and probably would help protect the soil. That's a great idea. Yeah, I love that. And it sounds like a pretty combo too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, that reminds me of um, this one customer of mine has this problem spot in her yard and uh, with real bad Bermuda grass oh. invasion in a flower bed area. And we planted uh, sweet the ornamental sweet potatoes in there kind of on a whim, um, trying to dress the place up for an event they were having. They were having a wedding there. And those sweet potato vines, the ornamental ones, mm-hmm. they did such a good job blocking the Bermuda grass. Oh, wow. That's how aggressive they are. That's great. And yeah. It, it's nice that they're an annual... You know, because they they won't get out of control. Yeah, they came back there. Oh, well, yeah, really? they overwintered. Yeah, and I have heard of other people getting, uh, having them overwinter. That's so crazy because I felt I like they like reliably like I thought they were like coleus like they reliably croak at thirty two degrees. I think if you leave a potato in the ground, there's a chance that they could come back. But the tops definitely die. Tops die, but okay. But I've never had them overwinter, but right. I've heard of other people, and that 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 customer of mine had them overwinter, and I was really surprised because they're outside of town. It's really cold out there. Wow. We have another call. Oh, great. This is Steve in Leander with a question about mowing grass. Hi, Steve. You're on the air. Hey, thanks. I uh, have wildflowers in my backyard mostly Mexican hat and I haven't been mowing mm-hmm. uh, you know the backyard is fenced so nobody can see and nobody's going to complain Good. Uh, and I wondered I sort of like it <laughs> and yeah. I have some trees I have an oak tree and a peach tree and I'm, one question is is letting the grass grow and get tall hurting the trees and second question is if I do you know just let things grow should i mow sometimes is there some kind of mowing strategy to 
just let the wildflowers grow? Yes, great question, Steve. What do you think, Leah? I think I would say that now is a a good time to do a mow um, if the wildflowers have finished blooming. Um, And, you know, you might mow now and then... um, and then not mow again for the rest of the year, or you might give it twice a year mow. Yeah. What do you think, Colleen? Do we need to go to a break? Um, pretty soon. I think uh, there's no harm in letting it grow in terms of the trees. Um, and then, yeah, Steve, we have to go to a break, but we can talk more after the break. Okay. Thanks for your question, okay. Steve. Okay. This is Horticulture Hangover with Colleen Dieter and Leah Turner. Call or text your lawn and garden questions to 512-836-0590. All right. We are back, and we're going to talk about Steve's question. Yeah, a little more in depth about Steve who called before the break. Steve is feeling the uh, limit your mowing vibes. Yeah. And I like that. Yeah, I do too. I think we would say you don't ever have to mow, but there could be a problem if you don't mow at least once or twice a year. Yeah. Which is? You would get trees growing instead of grass and wildflowers. And that's why you'd mow a wildflower area to suppress the tree growth Um, because wild, you know, wild trees are going to try to grow. Squirrels plant acorns and nuts and stuff, and birds plant tree seeds. So that's why you would mow, so that you'd be suppressing the growth of the trees and keeping the wildflowers and grasses growing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if you want more trees, then you'd stop growing. You'd stop stop mowing. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of our answer. Yeah. Sorry we got cut off by the commercials. Yes. Yes. But... Um, but yeah, I think the uh, I was just telling Colleen during the break that um, the city has a certain amount of um, limited, like no mow zones. They're called grow zones, I think. And um, where they that sounds right, yeah, where they're not mowing um, ever, or they're not mowing except for like a couple times a year. And I've noticed in Zilker Park um, that they've started that annual mowing process as of a couple days ago so Mm -hmm. um, this is when the city is doing it so um, I think this is when most people do it yeah around fourth of July I always think of fourth of July as being like wildflower mowing time yeah Mm -hmm. Um, yeah so what else I think we have some text messages is that true yes someone has commented about El Nino Oh, from what I understand, El Nino means more rain in the winter, spring and fall, but the opposite in summer, meaning not as much rain and hotter. Wow, is what this person says. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, I, That's interesting. I thought that was the whole thing with La Nina is that La Nina is dry and hot. Well, sounds confusing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, that's. That's El Nino. Well, and it's not the only factor, right? I mean, we have this like heat dome right now that I think even if there was a strong El Nino 
or whatever influencing us, you know, this heat dome is like the main thing. Yeah, that's the dominating. Right there. Yeah, dominating this. What's going on for with this, this period heat dome? of time? But yikes! I know it's rough. So yeah, who are you? Who is that sitting across from me? <laughs> I'm Leah Cherner. Uh-huh. I am not a meteorologist. Um, <laughs> in fact, I'm a landscape designer mm-hmm. in Austin with Delta Dawn Gardens. And um, who are you, my friend? I'm Colleen Dieter. Uh, I'm a landscape consultant. And uh, you can find out more about me at atxgardens.com. And... Uh, you can call or text us with your gardening questions, 512-836-0590 or 877-590-5525. Yeah, and someone texted in with video of SNL's NPR's Delicious Dish. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Which... Actually, uh, we kind of covered that last week. We did. Yeah. Someone else had the same idea yeah, that we sound like did. the delicious dish yes. ladies. So, yes, we've heard it before. Um, it's too bad we can't play that little clip. <laughs> For everyone. Yeah. We need to add that to the uh, sound effects page here on the computer. Yes, we do. So that we could delicious put that in. Dish. So, yes. Yeah. Um, We have another text, Girl, looks like. I don't know what that is about. Okay. And uh, I want to remind everyone in the summertime to water your trees, um, especially if you just planted any trees in the last three years. Mm. Uh, really, for the first three years that your trees are in the ground, uh, three years after planting, they need additional water, especially at this time of year. And um, a really easy way to water them is to use like a five gallon bucket and drill a hole, a little hole in the bottom. Yeah. Um, Set it next to the tree and then you can measure the amount of water that you're giving the tree. That way, you know, that's five gallons and it will, you can fill up the bucket and the water will soak through that little hole in the bucket and slowly soak into water the tree real deeply. So it's like once a year or sorry, once a week watering for trees mm-hmm. is the best thing. And um, what I like to say is if you bought a tree that came in a five gallon pot, then it needs five gallons of water once a week. Mm-hmm. So that's why using the five gallon buckets an easy way to do it. If you have, if you bought the tree in a larger pot, like a ten or a fifteen gallon, then you would fill the bucket twice or three times to get ten or fifteen gallons. Yeah. So that's an easy way to remember how much water the tree needs. If you remember how big the tree was when you bought it, which not everybody does, yeah. including me. But the five gallon, mm-hmm. the five gallon bucket is a good, is a good kind of standard to start with mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. And you could make it, you could get a couple five-gallon buckets, mm-hmm. and then you could just fill them all at once, and then walk away, and you're done. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got buckets from Firehouse Subs. Oh. You can buy, you can get buckets for like three bucks or something, 
they have pickle their pickle buckets. Oh, okay. And um, I think the pickle bucket money goes to buy uh, like equipment for firefighters. Huh. Yeah. So it's like really cool because you're like re- upcycling buckets, and then also the money goes to a good cause. And that's cool. I didn't know about and, that. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. Good source for buckets. <laughs> <laughs> a good bucket source. Well, let's see what else is going on. Well, what's a horticulture hangover? What is the horticulture hangover? What is I? What is a hangover? Horticulture hangover. Like, I think you. Oh, we got to go to a break anyway. Oh my gosh! We'll answer that question you've, when you've we given come me back. A mysterious question. <laughs> Welcome to the horticulture hangover on News Radio KLBJ. You're in the right place to get answers to all of your questions about your lawn, garden, trees, and more. Here are your hosts, Colleen Dieter and Leah Turner. Good morning. Good morning. It, we're back. Hey. Hey. So we were just talking about what is a horticulture hangover? Oh, yeah. Um, what did you tell me? I, a while ago, it was the feeling when you go to the nursery and you go kind of without a plan and then you buy like all the stuff at the nursery and Uh you get home and you're like, oh no, where am I going to put all this stuff? (laughs) But I think now, now another example of a horticulture hangover is when you're um, working outside and it's 105 degrees and uh, you can't find your water bottle or your Mm -hmm. hat or anything because your brain is uh, being fried fried. by the sun and Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, where where are my pruners? Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> start losing stuff and then you know you're dehydrated. Oh. <laughs> okay. We got a question about four o'clocks. Yeah. Someone sent us a couple of beautiful pictures of four o'clocks. And I have four o'clocks at my house. Um and they said, Why would my four o'clocks be very slow to bloom? One or two are starting now. Is it the heat? They look fairly healthy. And um, I told Leah during the commercial break that I'm having the same problem with my four o'clocks this year. Mm -hmm. I feel like they are slow to bloom this year. And I'm assuming it's because of the heat. Uh, But I don't know why. And mine look the same as yours. Uh, So they look really good like they usually do. But they just really haven't bloomed very much. Uh, And I think going now it's starting to cool off a little bit i mean usually they're super heat tolerant plants Mm -hmm. so i thought that was strange too so i'm not really sure what's going on but mine have started blooming a little bit so i'm not sure but uh i love four o'clocks i think they're kind of underrated they can be a little weedy do you have you ever grown them leah i have well i've Worked around them before. <laughs> <laughs> I've never planted them. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you ever tried to get rid of them? Like, did mm-hmm. you feel like there were too many? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've had, I've, I've had situations where you know, for clients where they're like, get do I don't know, want four o'clock, and I've had clients who do want four o'clock. You mm-hmm. know, so. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think they're nice. Their flowers are so pretty. I know they're really pretty. I, a few of mine, I think some of the older types, like the heirloom types, have fragrance too. Mm. 
And uh, a few of mine that have popped up in the yard on their own had fragrance, and they were they smelled so good. Like you could smell them just sitting by them. Like oh, wow. you didn't have to put your nose right up in there. Mm-hmm. So it was really that's a fun experience. But mine are all hot pink, but I know they have different colors. I've never really seen any that weren't hot pink, but I've seen seeds available for like stripy ones and stuff. We got a follow up right. on the four o'clocks. Uh huh. Um, the call the caller asked. Should I be thinning them like irises? Should you thin them out? I would say no. No, I don't think so. Because they're not bulbs. No. They're really more like, wait, are they bulbs? No, they're like also shrubs. in the sweet potato okay. family. Yeah. Just like the sweet potatoes we talked about. They're in the morning glory family. So they might have so, some kind of tuber. Yeah, they do. They yeah. have like a tuber kind of thing, but they don't, I don't, I think they could get too crowded, but they're just so wild i end up thinning them just because i don't like the way they look when they're real crowded but i don't Mm. think they need that for their health or like to make them bloom yeah no i don't think so but that's that's a good thought but no i don't i don't think that you need to do that to make them bloom Uh, i think it's the heat has got them a little behind schedule so we have a call oh great from roger in northeast austin Hi, Roger. You're on the air. Good morning, ladies. Uh, out towards where I live, kind of kind of out in the county. Okay. Uh, there's a very large patch of sunflowers, wild uh, native sunflowers, growing out there. Mm-hmm. If I was to cut some of the heads off, are the seeds ready to plant, and how would I go about doing that? Yeah, you just have to wait for the heads to be dried out and like a light brown color. Um, and that's when they're ready and you can cut a few off and then, um, take them to where you want to plant them and you can kind of just crush them up and you'll see, it's hard to differentiate the different parts of the, the head because there's parts that are old flower parts and then there's the actual seed part, but it doesn't really matter. You just get a bunch of them and kind of smash them up. And um, I like to mix up wildflower seeds like that with a little bit of compost, like a bag of compost and a bag of decomposed granite. I got the decomposed granite. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. And then um, take handfuls of it and throw it on the ground and then walk on it so that it has good contact with the soil. And then water it. Yeah. Is there any time I should harvest these seeds? Can I do it now, or do I got to wait till uh, fall? Um, some of them are probably ready now, uh, but it's still a little bit early. So I think you'll want to just make sure that the 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 seed heads are ready when they're light brown and mostly dried out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to leave them on the stalk for a while. They're they're just yeah. uh, on Springdale Road. Right down from where I live, where, where I walk my dogs. Oh, so cool. And I've been wanting to, there's about 50, 80 plants there, so they're not going to miss two or three of them. <laughs> no, yeah. definitely not. They're, that's really fun. That's okay, so well, cool, Okay, well, I well, cut them down, do I put them in a sack, or, or how do I do it? Um, make sure you keep them, like, in a paper bag. I have um, that. Don't put them in plastic, because they can rot. Um, 
and you can keep them in a paper bag until you're ready to plant them. And I recommend uh, if you need to keep them for a little while, keep them indoors. Don't keep them like out in the shed because okay. the heat can the heat will uh, cause them to decline, so they might not sprout. And they need to go on the ground, uh, what, during fall? I think so. I think fall's a good time. You could also keep them um, until, like, March is a real good time to do it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll just wait, a few, uh, wait till they start to, to wither a little bit. Take, yeah. Take a few heads down and dry them out and put them on the ground uh, yeah. with some decomposed granite and some uh, mulch and see what happens. Yeah, you'll be all set with a little compost. You'll be all set, Roger. I appreciate that. Okay, Roger. Happy gardening. Thanks. Yeah, bye. Okay, that's a fun question. Yeah. What else do we have? Do we have any texts? Yes, we do. Okay. Someone has a question about purple shamrocks. Also, we could oh. call it purple oxalis. Yeah. Um, and they sent a picture. It looks like a sunburn to me. It says, what is happening to my purple shamrocks? I don't overwater or spray water the or spray water on the leaves when watering. And um, just looking at your picture, to me it looks as if these guys are sunburned. Um, yeah. They really want to be in the shade. It's really normal for them to go dormant at this time of year, too. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that you're – Oxalis would be starting to turn brown and wither a little bit. Um, they'll the leaves will start to disappear like that. They'll turn brown and start to wither a little bit, but they'll be back in the fall. Um, so it's kind of normal for them to go away at this time of year. Uh, so you can cut those brown leaves off and then um, wait for them to come back in the fall. Yeah. And uh, Leah, we have another caller. Oh, great. Oh, my gosh. It's a busy morning. Oh, but we have to go to a break right now. Oh. It's 8.45. I know. So we'll come back with a couple of calls after the break. This is Horticulture Hangover with Colleen Dieter and Leah Turner. Call or text your lawn and garden questions to 512-836-0590. Hey, everybody. Whoa. What? (laughs) Hello. Hello. Is Porky Pig here with me today? I'm here. (laughs) And we got got callers on the line. Yeah, we do. This is um, Gloria in San Marcos. Hey, Janet, please keep holding. We're going to get to you. Gloria, you're on the air, Gloria. Hi. Hi there. Um, I've got a morning glory vine that was just, you know, during this spring was just, you know, really doing uh, spectacular and now all of it with the heat no rain uh it's looks like it's drying up already is is the season over or is it because of these horrific temperatures and and no rain or all the the stems you know the look dried up okay um I have morning glory at my house, and I know at this time of the year, they can get uh, sucking insects like spider mites and stuff like that, little tiny insects that you can't even really see. And um, so 
uh, they're probably not going to kill a morning glory because morning glories are so aggressive. Um, but you could try uh, two, one of two things. You could try spraying the leaves and the stems with a real hard stream of water to try to knock off some of the bugs. But that's not going to make the plant look better. But it could control no, it definitely the bug problems. Good. So um, I would, if it were mine, I think I might try just cutting them down and then giving them some extra water and asking them very nicely to grow back. Yeah. <laughs> so cutting them back pretty severely? Yeah. What do you think, Leah? How yeah, far? I would. You think? I would cut it, cut it way back. Anything that looks like it's really, really drying out and desiccated, I would cut it out. And if that's all the way to the ground. Yeah. Uh, I would do well, that. Just, yeah. The only thing that's, that's hanging in there is the very, very top, which is weird. You would think it would be, but, uh, right, that's you know, it think. doesn't even look good. It's yellowish and not healthy looking at all. Yeah. Um, which brings me to my second question. <laughs> um, my soil does not retain water, no matter how much I try to augment it. And, uh, you know, I go out and water uh, stuff and, and, the next day, it's like I didn't do anything, hmm. and I I know yeah, it's incredible. Uh, and I, I I think I water pretty heavily. Um, so one of two things I think is going on when when the leaves start turning yellow, it, it kind of means that well, it's not a hard and fast rule, but um, possibly that you're overwatering. Correct. It can sometimes. Yeah. Well, but. Uh, you know, I get up in the morning, and if if they look like crap in the morning, you know they need water. <laughs> so I I my my water is has so much lime in it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's the that part of the problem. They're responding to the heavy lime in the in the water, but to not water is, is going to kill them. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering if there's if there's anything I get, and, and um, someone told me that it can uh, leach out the the um, soil uh, nutrients, which there's not much in there anyway. But mm-hmm. um, is there anything I can do other than just you know I've got a rain water collection, and but I, I I can't I can't water everything with that. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. It's not enough water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, not enough, and too much, too many plants. I went nuts during the the uh, coronavirus and um, tried to make this place produce, and it doesn't want to. <laughs> what kind of mulch are you using? The hard mulch, the Texas hard mulch, the hardwood mulch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now, granted, there's. Uh, I, I I never got around to to mulching. Uh, to replenishing it much, and that could be part of it. Um, yeah, I think you know, I've got a coral bean. Coral bean uh, is it a bush? Is it a bush? Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's a coral bean, mm-hmm. and I love that plant. And it's just the leaves are dropping off on the bottom, and it looks yellow. And I'm just, you know, I'm nurturing the crap out of that thing. But you know, with rainwater and seaweed and you know, what do you think about, is it, um, I use has to grow. Is it not a good idea this time of year? Well, let's talk about the, the mulch first. I think that you okay, should sorry. fluff up the mulch that you have that's there. You know, just kind of turn it over a little bit because it can get developed kind of a crust. 
on it that makes the water kind of run off it rather than percolate through it. And um, you could either add more of the hardwood mulch. Um, I've been really enjoying pine straw mulch Mm -hmm. this year Mm -hmm. um, because it really lets the water soak through and it's it shades the soil as well mm-hmm. um so i've been really turning to that and um where do you get pine straw mulch they have it at the natural gardener um in these large oh. bales mm-hmm. um is it it's in bales mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay yeah. is it pricey i bet it's pricey huh it's not too bad it's a better value because it goes further yeah i think you can okay. you can use old mm-hmm. those yeah, bales go right a long about way the hardwood mulch that mm-hmm. hardwood mulch, that can get hard as a rock, and then the water mm-hmm. will just run off it. Yeah. Um, and I just think putting a barrier between, you know, the roots of the, you know, roots of the plants, the soil level, and the sun is really going to help mm-hmm. retain some of the water and keep it from all evaporating and, and, and um, yeah, running yeah, off. Yeah, the cedar mulch, is, that, that's, that's pretty porous, too. That's, is that a good runner-up? I like cedar you know? mulch. Yeah, I like cedar mulch. <clears throat> that's you know I mean I, I'm in San Marcos and I love the Natural Gardener but it's way you know yeah it's exactly a haul around for the you. corner you know? <laughs> know yeah okay so you're up for cedar mulch too huh? mm-hmm. and yeah. what about using uh, um, yeah, have to grow this time of year like fertilizing that, right now I would yeah, say no right now. no uh, that would be my answer because things are really struggling um, to. Uh, deal with this heat and yeah. i think they might just want to go dormant rather than be pushed to push to grow even more yeah i agree i think oh, okay. gloria i think you need a soil test i think you should get your soil yeah. tested to find out what's going on but we've got well, to go on nitrogen and i was yeah some extra I, the, the the um lawn we've got has to grow the lawn has to grow has really high nitrogen. oh yeah uh-huh that's and good. i've been i've been dumping that in there is that like a, a yeah. not a good thing this time of that's year? That's okay. I think that's okay, Gloria. But we've got to go because we've got to get to another call before oh, we go okay. to break. So thanks so All much, right. Gloria. Thanks. Uh, no problem. Thanks. Bye bye. Okay, now we've got Janet. Hi, Janet in Northwest Austin. Yes. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, I just have a question. I had uh, about three small bee balm plants uh-huh. last year and planted them and they kind of struggled along but then this year i mean there's like 50 plants that came up Ooh. they had many babies and they were they're that lavender color but mm. now the blooming is kind of ending you know they're yeah. fading and i don't really know what to do now do you mm-hmm. just cut off the tops or you know deadhead them or do you cut the whole plant down they're they're like uh three to four feet tall yeah Yeah. i would cut them down um Mm -hmm. to maybe six inches what do you think colleen yeah i have the same plant at my house and i cut it down uh i'll cut the the tall stems off but you'll see hopefully you'll have some new growth coming up from the ground like there'll be little short stems coming up and you can grow some more then Oh, yeah. Yeah, they'll stay green. Like, the bottom parts, the uh-huh. new growth will stay green um, right. through through the fall. Oh, uh, good. But they, they, they don't generally bloom again, though. You just get the one okay. bloom in the spring. But, yeah, you can cut the dead flower stalks off. And um, if you want more plants, you can... Uh, <laughs> le- I know, you can leave the stalks on and let the seeds go. 
Okay, you could so what? do I just take the 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 flower, whatever's mm-hmm. there, because mm-hmm. I guess it's seeds. Yeah. And can I share? I'll just share those yes. with my friends. Yes, absolutely. Because I'm you not can. sure where. I don't know. I guess I could try them in another spot. They're yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I was just so surprised. They're wonderful that, plants. Uh, make, okay. sure the seeds, well, make sure the seeds dry good. out, too. Yeah, make sure the seeds are dry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'll keep them dry. Okay. Okay, thank Janet. You. Thank you so much. Uh-huh. That's really cool. I'm always glad to hear people having good luck with a plant like that. Yeah. You know, and now's the big time for maintenance. Gotta be Mid cutting summer stuff back. is time for cutting stuff back. Yeah. So but uh it's time for us to it's get cut back. Oop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we gotta go. All right. So see y'all next week. Bye.